This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's Creature Feature, a spotlight on one of the Wildlife Hospital Dunedin's extra special guests. Well, our extra special guest on the Creature Feature today is Creature Feature host and manager of Dunedin Wildlife Hospital, Jordana White, who has been on, well, I guess a trip of a lifetime. Morena, good to have you with us, Jordana. Morena, thank you. You've just returned to the city. Tell us where you have been. I had was very lucky to be asked to help the Kakapo recovery team out on Fenoaho or Codfish Island, which is one of the breeding islands for Kakapo. It's a nature reserve, so not normally um, visitors aren't normally allowed. It's quite restricted, um, but now and again they have a need for some extra people to help out with feeding out the uh, doing the supplementary feeding routine on the island for the Kakapo, and they needed uh, an extra body, so I went along to help for a week, which was fantastic. So, for those of us who don't know, and I'm 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 one of them, where is Codfish Island? Sure. So it's just it's three kilometers off of Rakura Stewart Island. It's just off the northwest coast. So you can see from, from Fenoaho, you can see quite closely over to the Ruggedy Range on Rakiura. So it's stunning views over to the island. I would imagine that that gets a pretty uh, wild place from time to time in more ways than one. Yeah, it was actually incredibly windy the whole time we were there. Um, and I understand you had some pretty wild weather here in Dunedin, but we, in fact, on Fenoaho, probably had the nicest weather in the whole country for a few days um, compared to what you were experiencing up here. So it can be its own little microclimate, um, can tip in the good direction and can tip in the bad direction. But thankfully, we had pretty beautiful weather the whole week, um, which was great. How did the opportunity come about? Um, are they regularly reaching out for people to help out at a time like this? So this, they're expecting a, another really big breeding season for Kakapo this summer, which is great news. Um, you may remember back in 2018, 2019, there was a big season, um, and that's when the Wildlife Hospital was hand-rearing a bunch of chicks for the Kakapo Recovery Program. And it, it, they, they, they can anticipate a really bumper breeding season based on the Rimu count. So when the Rimu trees are going to have a big year, going to have lots and lots of fruit on them, that's what triggers the cockapoo to breed because they know that there's going to be enough food to feed their chicks and raise their chicks successfully. Fantastic. So it's quite a smart instinct that they have to wait until conditions are really good and then they go big. Uh, so they are going to go big this year and that means they're gearing up um, doing all the supplementary feeding for those um, for the cockapoo and they need extra hands to get ready for that. So. They do recruit volunteers earlier in the year, um, but they just had a bit of a gap in their schedule where they were struggling to find people. And the Wildlife Hospital and Kakapo Recovery Team have quite a good, close working relationship. They've helped us out a ton with extra people when we're at our busy times, and so it only made sense for us to help them out during their busy times. So it was really exciting for me to get to go there. I will say, full disclosure, I have been there once before, just as a volunteer um, six years ago. Same thing, but just without my association with the Wildlife Hospital. Um, so I kind of knew the routine, and I had that as, as a little bit of an advantage. I knew what to expect. Okay, so what was your routine? The, the, every morning, uh, you, you, you get up and you measure out the exact food that each individual cockapoo needs for that day. Um, so they, they get fed once every three days with the supplementary feed, just to make sure they're at a good, healthy weight uh, for, for the breeding season. In particular, the females are pretty highly monitored for their weight, so they have scales out of their feeding stations. 
and it tells the rangers um, if they need to dial up or dial back the supplementary food. And then you go out uh, all day. It's basically tramping every day uh, for, you know, up to six, seven hours with loads of food and cleaning gear in your backpack. Um, you tramp across the island on a pre, um, pre-selected route to get to all the correct feeding stations. And when you get there, you have to be really, really pedantic about cleaning the stations. Hygiene is incredibly important. There is, if you, you may recall, we've talked about some of our former cockroach patients that have had something called crusty bum. Yes. Chloocytis. Yep. So we have Bravo in last year with uh, crusty bum. And that's one of the things they're actually not sure how that, how that spreads. And so the hygiene is really important to make sure that there's no um, potential vectors with infections. Um, and, and you have some of those cockpit, they're so messy. You, you've maybe seen on our Facebook page, we have, we put trail cams up when we have cockpit in hospital with us to see what they get up to at night. And they just love to scatter food everywhere and play with it. And it's, no different at these feeding stations. So sometimes you're around the corner and you go, oh man, <laughs> cockapos just scattered wet, mushy food and ground it into the mud and dirt everywhere. <laughs> and you have to scrape up every little particle of food that you can find because you don't want any kind of mold. And that, that's another thing. Remember, maybe in 2019, you might remember we had um, an aspergillosis issue with the whole population. We also had a lot of patients in at that time for that issue. And mold is, is a possible um, trigger for that aspergillosis. So you have to be really cautious around the feeding stations and make sure everything's nice and clean. So there's, there's a lot of physical work, um, but it is really satisfying. And I feel like this time, especially with, um, with my work with the hospital, I was so careful and so cautious about leaving those stations clean because I thought, it, you're not coming back into the hospital, not on my watch, not because I didn't clean every patch of dirt around your feeding station. <laughs> So it was, it was um, yeah, quite good to have that connection as well. Are the kakapo quite uh, diversely spread around, or are you are you seeing them in, in numbers at any one time, or any ones and twos here and there? Um, so the 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 island is about fourteen hundred hectares, so it's it's a decent size. I mean, it's, it's small as uh, I guess as New Zealand islands go, but. Um, uh, they they all are, have their own territories. Some of them do certainly cross over. Um, I will tell you, I did not. I did not see a single cockapoo out any day I was out in the field, sleeping and quite well hidden during the. Um, yeah, always on the lookout, but never got to see one during the day. Uh, and yeah, they they move around this time of year. In particular, they're moving around. So the males are going high up to the the top part of the island because that they're going to do their big booming. That's the call that they make uh, to tr- attract the females to come for breeding. Um, and so they're moving up, and the females are starting to wander around, kind of working their way up, listening for the booming. Um, so there's a lot of activity happening right now that wouldn't normally be happening. And you're hearing that booming? I was the only person on the island that didn't hear booming, oh. which was really frustrating. <laughs> so I'm not sure what it is about. Maybe I should have been wearing more green or something. But um, so there were two other volunteers on the island as well, and they, they both heard booming, and the rangers were coming back and reporting more and more booming um, as, it, as it progressed throughout the week. So they're ramping up. Um, that, was, that was the one thing I was actually really hoping to experience is that booming sound because um, you don't just hear it, but apparently you also feel it. It's got quite a, quite a vibration to it, so you can kind of feel it in your chest when they do it. And I, I, I really wanted to experience that, but that's all right. They didn't like the look of me. That's okay. Are they taking the opportunity to also... You know, check the general health of the population at this time, or is it mainly about making sure they've got the necessary sustenance? 
It's mostly about the sustenance. And what I found really interesting in chatting with the rangers is they are, for the most part, really hands-off with the cockapoo out on the island. So most of those birds, they only get caught once a year. And that's for a health check and a transmitter check. Uh, sorry, a transmitter change. So they all wear these little backpacks that have a transmitter that emits a sound or a signal every two seconds. And the battery, that allows them to keep track of, of where they are and, and what they're up to and if they need, if they perhaps do go and get into some kind of misadventure and need help, they can go and retrieve the bird. Um, but otherwise, they, that's it. They're just once a year. And everything else is managed by technology and observation. So it's it's really quite good. They, they are as wild as these birds can be. So what is the current population on Fenoa Hole? Uh, Fenoa Hole, I'm not actually sure what the what the total numbers are. I mean, if you between all of the Kakapo Islands there, I think they're up to about 230 birds, roughly. Um, uh, so th- this is the biggest island. Fenoa Hole is the biggest breeding island. Um, but I would say ooh, there's maybe 100, 100 birds on that island, probably. I'm guessing a little bit. Um, but looking looking through all the names and all the feeding stations and all the routes I had to do, that seems about right. Well, it's such an interesting opportunity for you. And I guess, as you say, you know, you're out there helping them. It's all about hoping that you won't see them at Dunedin Wildlife Hospital. Uh, and, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and that's and the place to go was, and see them. It was quite good, actually, to catch up with some of our former patients, which, which catch up. I mean, I didn't see, <laughs> didn't see too many of them. But, um, for example, we talked about Bravo just a second ago. Um, so he's the one that came in with the crusty bum that we had on the creature feature. Uh, so it was great to see his name, and it was really quite a privilege to be able to go um, feed him at his station and know that he's doing well. So it was, that was quite nice. That felt good. Uh, and then also the names of some of the, the chicks that we hand-reared in 2019. Uh, great to see Otapoti was named, of course, for his time in Dunedin. Uh, Hikoi and then Tomoa is one that we did hand-rear in 2019, and I did actually get to see him. So that was quite nice. Um, his territory overlaps with where the hut is, uh, Sealer's Bay Hut. And so sometimes at night, his, you know, on his wanderings, you can catch a glimpse of him. So it's pretty exciting to see him uh, and know that he's doing well. And yet hoping, crossing fingers and toes, that we won't get any of them back in, in this next coming breeding season. Um, though, we, like I said, we do expect to hand rear some more chicks. Well, so wonderful to catch up with you on that experience. Here you are back in Ōtipoti. Um, tell us, what's in store for Wildlife Hospital Dunedin over the summer? Yeah, big season always for us. Uh, as, as you know, most of our native species do breed in the summer, so we do expect to get an increase in pretty much most species across the summer. Um, again, the, the big thing that we're kind of bracing ourselves for is that cockapoo season. We do expect starting maybe late January, early February, we'll start getting chicks in um, from them. So we're preparing a roster. Uh, we're, we're training up our hand rearers. Uh, we're setting up our hygiene and quarantine protocols to make sure that there's no cross-contamination with any other patients in the hospital. Um, and yeah, just just uh, learn, going back to what we did in 2019, figuring out what, what we can improve and, and what we can do better and trying to get that into place ahead of time, which is tricky when you're dealing with, with other patients um, at the same time. But, uh, you know, just as the sort of outdoorsy beach season, holiday season approaches really, really quickly, we're kind of already in it. Um, yeah, just a reminder to give wildlife lots of space over the summer, um, especially on the beaches. 
give them a steer if you can. Um, and if you do see sick or injured native wildlife, to report that to Doc straight away and we can hopefully help them out at the hospital. Yeah, we were talking earlier in the show about uh, the expected bumper breeding season for sea lions as well, and there's already um, quite a few of them. Smells Beach, there's restrictions about dogs on Smells Beach to protect, I think, five females that are there have chosen that spot for um, their summer, and there no doubt will be others. I think even just anyone who's been walking St. Clair St. Kilda beaches over the last few weeks will have noticed... Um, a real proliferation of visitors there and other beaches as well. So, yeah, well, it's good to see. There's lots going on. Yeah, it should be an exciting summer as always. If anybody out there uh, wants to in some way show Wildlife Hospital Dunedin a little bit of love, a little bit of uh, Christmas spirit, what are the ways that uh, we can support your really important work? Sure. Head over to our website, wildlifehospitaldunedin.org.nz. Our Christmas shop is still open. Uh, you can get your last-minute vouchers uh, for, for all of the people on your list. Um, you can get an instant printout. Uh, if you're a procrastinator, this is the perfect gift to give to people. You don't have to wait for something in the post. Uh, and you, we also have information on how to donate, so you could transfer money directly into our bank account, or you can set up a donation through your debit or credit card. Uh, and we certainly appreciate donations this time of year. It is our busiest season, and uh, with, with those cockapoo coming in, it requires a lot of hands-on resources, and so we can, we'll can take all the help we can get at this point in time. All right, Jordana White, it's uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you for our Creature Feature. Always learn so much. It's so entertaining as well, and um, exciting to hear of uh, your adventures uh, at Whenuahoa in recent days. I uh, look forward to catching up with you in 2022. You go well over this holiday season, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks so much, Jeff. The Wildlife Hospital Dunedin treats sick and injured native New Zealand species right here in the heart of Aotearoa's wildlife capital. Their expert veterinary team patches up more than 500 patients every year, returning the majority of them back to the wild where they belong. You can learn more about the hospital, including ways to support this charitable trust, at wildlifehospitaldunedin.org.nz or follow their Facebook page for more fabulous creature content. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.